This is Dr. Karen Horton from Johns Hopkins. In this talk, we'll be discussing CT of cystic pancreatic lesions. First, I'd like to discuss a little bit about incidental pancreatic cysts. So because of the widespread use of CT and MRI, it's really facilitated the discovery of these small pancreatic cysts in patients being scanned for other reasons. The patients are typically asymptomatic, and it really presents a challenge for the radiologists, the clinicians, and the patients. How common are incidental pancreatic cysts? Well, using CT to identify the cysts, the incidence is between 1.2 and 2.6%, depending on the articles that you look at. If you look at MR, they see more cysts. So it ranges between, you know, almost 14 to 20% of patients will have tiny cysts if you look for them on MRs routinely. So as a practicing radiologist, you may see these in your practice daily. In the old literature, it used to be thought that pseudocysts account for most incidentally detected pancreatic cysts. But I think that's when they were larger cysts being detected. And now really the literature shows that most incidentally detected pancreatic cysts are really some sort of pancreatic cystic neoplasm, whether they're small serous cyst adenomas, small mucinous cystic tumors, or small IPMNs. And that group of cystic lesions really account for most of the incidentally detected pancreatic cysts that we see. So if you do find an incidentally detected pancreatic cyst, most are going to be benign or low-grade indolent tumors. However, some of them can be mucinous neoplasms that have malignant potential. Here's an article where they looked at incidental pancreatic cysts, and there was 61 out of 212 asymptomatic patients with cysts underwent resection. So about a third of the patients with the cysts underwent resection, and you can see that some were mucinous cystic tumors, IPMN, serous cyst adenomas, very small percentage were ductal adenocarcinoma or pseudocysts. Remember, of those resected, only 21% were benign, but of course, most of the patients didn't have the cysts resected. So in this article, I think it was probably related to the fact that a lot of those cysts that were resected had features that were more worrisome. It's also important to remember that the frequency of malignancy in a cyst, especially cysts measuring less than 3 centimeters, is extremely low. Some people use 2.5 centimeters as a maximum diameter to follow cysts. A significant percentage of lesions smaller than 3 centimeters will be mucinous, but remember invasive carcinoma is rarely seen in these tumors under 3 centimeters. Now, there's a lot of controversy related to this because some studies really consider all mucinous lesions to be premalignant, and they think that you should resect these regardless of size because some studies trying to correlate size with malignancy have shown that there's not a definite correlation with size alone. So in general, most people think you could probably follow lesions that are less than three centimeters unless they have features that are worrisome, and we'll talk about that, because size isn't all that matters. You need to look at these cysts very carefully and see, do they have any features which make them more worrisome, regardless of their size? So for instance, mural nodules, dilated ducts, enhancement of the duct, enhancement of the cyst, wall, uh, lymphadenopathy, for example, or symptoms. Symptoms are actually very important. When we talk about incidentally detected pancreatic cysts, typically we're talking about patients who are being scanned for a completely unrelated reason. If patient is symptomatic, if they have weight loss and abdominal pain, then the cyst that you're seeing becomes more important because you have to look at it more carefully. It's not really an incidentally 
detected lesion, it's in a patient who's symptomatic. If you look at meta-analysis, basically cysts over two centimeters in the head of the pancreas, and what they did is they compared pancreatic oduodenectomy, so, you know, basically Whipple surgery, to yearly non-invasive radiographic surveillance or yearly surveillance with endoscopic ultrasound or do nothing. So they followed a whole group of patients with cysts over two centimeters. Survival was maximized if all cysts were resected. Okay, so basically if you resect everything, then people are gonna live longer. But when you measure the quality of life adjusted for survival, you'll see that the do nothing approach maximized the quality of life in patients under 75 years old who had a cyst less than three centimeters. And if the patient were over 85, non-invasive non surveillance was best. The initial surgery really did not maximize the quality of life in any age group, you know, comparing the cyst size. So although you might increase survival, you can see that the quality of life is significantly impacted by doing these aggressive surgeries, especially in older patients. Another problem is that cysts less than one centimeter are not easily characterized by imaging. They're very, very small. It's hard to see the internal architecture if there's a small nodule or if there's mural thickening. The recommendation for follow-up cannot be made on imaging alone. It's very important to know if the patient's symptomatic or are there other issues involved. So I guess really the key is once you see one of these cysts, you need to be very careful to measure the size and then you have to try to characterize it. So what we're going to do is we're going to look, are there septations or loculations? Are there calcification? Because that's an important diagnostic feature. Where is the mass located? That can be a clue. Some types of tumors are more common in the head versus the tail. Does it involve the main pancreatic duct? So that's an important feature to recognize. Are there mural nodules or enhancement? That typically means a very aggressive lesion and more likely to be malignant. And you're looking for ductal enlargement. If you see a cyst that's unilocular, that often could be a pseudocyst, for example, in patients who have had documented pancreatitis. Lymphoepithelial cysts can look like this. Small IPMNs can look unilocular. Microcystic, so multilocular but microcystics, are typically serocyst adenomas, but it's not always that simple. You can have oligocystic serocyst adenomas, so they can look unilocular. Macrocystic cystic lesions, so multiple cysts that are larger, can be IPMNs. They can be mucinous cystic neoplasms. And cysts with solid components can be mucinous cystic tumors, solid and papillary epithelial neoplasms. So when you're trying to characterize a cyst, there is some overlap, but you'll be right most of the time, especially when cysts measure greater than two centimeters, because then you're a lot more accurate in being able to characterize these better. Lesions less than two centimeters on CT may appear unilocular regardless of origin. You may just not be able to resolve the internal architecture of these lesions. And that's where endoscopic ultrasound is useful. They can put the scope right there near the cyst. They can see the wall. They can look for septations and small nodules, which you might not be able to see on CT. They can aspirate. They can look for the CEA levels, which can be an indicator of malignancy. They can look for amylase levels, which might indicate that it's a pseudocyst, and, but overall, really, the sensitivity of aspiration can be low. There's a lot of overlap and a lot of variation between labs. So I think really the main value of EUS is to be able to characterize the inside of the cyst better. So when we're classifying lesions, we're going to put them in different categories, and these are all considered cystic 
pancreatic lesions. We're going to talk about serous cystic neoplasms, mucinous cystic neoplasm, IPMN, both the main duct and the side branch. And we'll talk about a little bit about pseudocysts and other cystic lesions that can occur in the pancreas. So serous cystic neoplasms, we'll talk about mucinous cystic neoplasm, IPMN, lymphoepithelial cysts, spend tumors. So these are epithelial neoplasms of uncertain differentiation. So these are solid and papillary epithelial neoplasms, cystic pancreatic endocrine tumors. So pancreatic endocrine tumors can also appear cystic. So these are cystic islet cell tumors. And then you can have ordinary ductal adenocarcinoma with cystic change. The first lesion we're going to talk about is serous cystic neoplasms. Okay, and there's a little cartoon showing you an example of them and kind of a classic gross pathology specimen showing. And you can see that the center of these lesions often have a scar. They have kind of a spoke wheel appearance. That scar can be calcified. And they're usually made up of multiple small little cystic spaces. So serous cystic neoplasms, they're also called serous cystadenomas. Rarely they can be carcinoma. Most occur in women, so that's important to keep in mind. Most common in the seventh decade of life, so these tend to be in older women. They can occur anywhere in the pancreas. And they used to be classified as microcystic or macrocystic. So do they have lots of little cysts or lots of big cysts? But sometimes they can be unilocular, so it's just one cyst. So they don't always fall into that category. Almost all serous lesions are benign cystadenomas. Cyst adenocarcinoma is extremely rare. So most of the time when you see these lesions, they're gonna be benign, and it could be one of these leave-alone lesions, especially if it's smaller in a characteristic location in an older woman, and um, has that classic CT appearance, and the patient's asymptomatic, you may be able to follow them. If they're very large tumors, it's very likely the patient's gonna be symptomatic and they're gonna be resected. So they often have a honeycomb appearance or a sponge-like appearance, calcification in about a third to a half, typically central. Loculations are frequent. And these tumors usually do not obstruct the duct. So even though they're large, they just kind of sit there. If they get very large, obviously they can obstruct the duct just from mass effect, but typically you won't see ductal dilatation. And they usually don't bleed, and they usually don't have a big solid component. They look multilocular cystic with central calcifications. So here's a classic example of a serous cystadenoma. This was a 61-year-old male, so maybe a little atypical being in a male, asymptomatic, found a cystic pancreatic lesion incidentally on abdominal CT performed for a different reason. Really no history that would make us be too concerned. And it has a very classic appearance. It's 4.4 centimeters you can see that it looks like a little group of tiny cysts, and there's a kind of a starburst appearance and calcification in the center. So that's kind of classic for a serous cystadenoma. Here's 3D imaging in the same patient, and you can see that there's central calcification. You get a little bit more of a sense how this is a starburst appearance and made up of multiple tiny cysts, and you can really see that honeycomb appearance. This is another patient, a 61-year-old female, presented with diffuse abdominal pain and fullness. Cystic pancreatic mass was seen on ultrasound. It was sent for CT to characterize. And you can see this is a very large lesion in the pancreatic tail. It's 11 centimeters. You can see a little dot of calcification there. And I think the coronal images and the multiplanar reconstructions and volume rendering show it 
to a better advantage because you can really see that it's multilocular cysts. So you can see all these tiny little cysts that make up the lesion. And you can really appreciate that it's polycystic and it has these fine septations and honeycombing. And there's a suggestion of a central scar. We did see a little bit of calcification and this was resected and it was indeed a serous cyst adenoma. Here's another patient, 55-year-old female with abdominal pain. So this patient was symptomatic. You can see that there is a cystic mass in the tail of the pancreas. Discovered on ultrasound, no past medical history. It was a little under five centimeters, but you can see that there's a little bit of mural thickening, and it doesn't have that classic appearance of a serous cystadenoma. This looks like more of one cyst with a little bit of mural thickening and a tiny little mural nodule that you can see. And so that would make us more concerned about this lesion because of the size, also because of the patient's symptoms, and because of these worrisome features, the mural nodule and the mural thickening, the lesion was resected. And this was an oligocystic serous cystadenoma. So this is what I mentioned to you before, that this serous cyst adenomas can be classic multilocular cysts with multiple tiny cysts. Microcystic would be the classic presentation with a central scar and spoke wheel appearance, but sometimes they can be oligocystic. So they could have one or just a couple of cysts, and those sometimes can overlap with the appearance of mucinous cystic neoplasms. Okay, so we'll stop there for the end of part one, and we come back for part two, we'll talk about mucinous cystic tumors of the pancreas.